Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And I have to tell you, I have got such an exciting show for you today. I I just know you're going to love my guest. Probably you need to hold your sides because he's going to make you laugh a little bit. Might hurt. So, but today on the show, I'd like to welcome Dean Lindsay, author and keynote speaker. Dean is a successful entrepreneur, an insightful executive coach, and a powerful keynote speaker with a humorous and engaging approach. Dean's keynote keynote addresses and fully personalized sales, customer service, and leadership coaching programs, both in-person and online, are all created to assist clients to achieve their targeted results. Dean, thanks for being here today. Hey, Casey, thank you, and thank you to VIP for uh, being the sponsor of this cool show. For almost three and a half years. That is so cool of them, and cool of you. Obviously, there's a good little partnership there. Absolutely, we love it, for sure. We get to talk to great people like you, and I, so I have to draw some connections here. Okay. So, Dean, mm-hmm. how did we meet? Uh, the business casuals. Melanie Murphy and I are a comedy business duo, and I believe uh, you two have been friends for a long time, and you came and checked us out and then liked it and came a couple times. Absolutely. And so, and just to further deepen that connection, our intro is by Melanie Murphy. That's right. That it was my intro buddy, and Melanie outro. Murphy, right yeah. there. That's right. That's so, right. I mean, it's so funny. I was talking to her the other day, and I was like, we still use your intro to As you day. should. Yeah, it, she's, why change it? It's perfect. Yeah, and she gets tons of business, uh, you know, from you know, all over the world. Yes, absolutely. So if you're ever looking for a great voiceover actress, be sure you check out our friend Melanie Murphy because she will do a great job for you. But if you're Googling it, just Google Melanie Murphy. It's not our friend Melanie Murphy. It might be. Yeah, she probably should change it. She has, <laughs> she has so many friends. I think that if she did change it to to my friend Melanie Murphy, probably should come up. That's a whole new marketing plan for her. That's you're this. welcome. Yep, you're welcome. <laughs> Hope she's watching this show. So, Dean, we've known each other for several years, yep. and we ran into each other at a networking event because that's, that's right. what we love to do. Networking is so important. Yes. Right. Yes. And it was like we met each other, and I'm like, ah. Oh, I hope you said that I about did. me. I did. And I was like, Dean, why have you not been on my podcast? I've been hiding, you know, this whole COVID thing, but I'm happy to be here today. I am happy to have you here today. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What? Why am I so enthralled with you? Why are you enthralled with me? Um, well, I am a professional speaker and um, I do have the privilege of uh, going around uh, the, the country and sometimes around the world, uh, giving a you know a upbeat, uh, entertaining, um, helpful, hopefully you know a program. Um, I try to look at the psychology of how we make decisions and try to um, share timeless principles in a fresh way. So that's what I'm up to in the professional world. So. Well, and I love that you use that humor to engage your audiences because, I mean, let's face it, how many conferences have we been to where we're like, help, 
me, I'm going to sleep. Yes, I'm on the other edge of that. Yeah, you are. On the other <laughs> sometimes you're like bouncing around on I'm, stage. Yeah, well, and... sometimes I actually have had them go, "Are you? Are you? You know, comedian? You know?" Um, but but I really do feel like most people, they their guard comes down and they're more willing mm -hmm. to consider um, fresh ways of looking at things uh, when they're having a good time. And, and also, for me personally, I like to have a good time. So some of it's just a natural. I don't try necessarily to be funny, but I don't hold hold back. Well, I do hold back. There's plenty of funny that I don't say. Really? Oh, my God. I can't well, imagine. Well, because you got to do the business. It's only business. I mean, other things run through my head. You know, other things. Yeah. That I was like, yeah, I'm probably not going to get into that little stuff. You, you know, I need your filter yeah. about... I have a filter. I have a very aggressive filter. See, I don't, and oh. I need one. Oh, yeah. Was well, that I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm, No. Well, I'm trying to make sure, you know, they're going to pay the bill, you know. I'm just making sure they're not going to cancel my hotel. So. <laughs> You're done. Get out. <laughs> get out. What did you say that? No, so, um, and then I ha also, I, I do have a an agenda. I mean, I'm, I can't go too too far into a, to a tangent because a lot of times I am working from PowerPoints, and I try mm -hmm. to. I try to, you know, I want to, I have stuff I'm trying to, to get to, you know, so I try to keep going. So who are your, see, I hope you guys are watching this and not just listening because there's a lot of action going on at this table right now. <laughs> so, so who are your typical audiences? Um, you know, it's not really a uh, industry. I'm okay. all across the board as far as okay. uh, industry, but I, too, I do tend to be the speaker um, for a, uh, you know, the conference or a convention as either their, you know, uh, opening keynote or mm -hmm. after lunch, uh, you know, uh, keynote that then they usually take some of my concepts, the, con the, the progress and change stuff um, th that is somewhat unique to me, you know, the way yep. I'm sharing it. Um, and do some form of um, exercise based off that, either continuing to utilize me or, or you know, do that internally. Um, but I definitely try to make sure that everybody that is wanting to hire me, you know, has watched the video because the three minutes and 21 second demo that we have on mm -hmm. the line right now really does encapsulate my style and also my major my major points and how I'm going to be, you know, uh, coming at whatever your specific issue is. I'm first going to need to share, like I said, the the concept of how we the psychology of how we make decisions. So there is some pretty heady stuff in the in the in the things that I roll out in both the talks and the books. But I do try to package it um, around just having a, a positive time. And I, and I love that about you. I want to talk about, so you've written several books, but I want to talk about the book called How to Achieve Big Fat Goals, P-H-A-T. P-H-A-T, that's right. Exactly. And, you know, you talk about creating exciting goals and then moving forward to achieve them. Yep. So tell me a little bit about this book and how it might help professionals achieve personal and professional goals. You know what's interesting about goal setting is that nobody talks about it anymore. And it's, I do. Well, it's organizations don't. I am never. Yeah. I'm never hired as a goal setting speaker. And if this was the '80s and '90s, it was huge. You know, I mean, you know, Zig Ziglar had a huge, you know, six tape deal on goals. And unfortunately, uh, Casey, I think it's one of the big challenges facing organizations because if an organ, if team members don't have well-defined personal goals, they have less connection to the organization 
because they need to connect to the fact that the organization actually helps them achieve their personal goals. Oh, wow. Yeah, let me say it another way. Okay. An organization is only as strong as their employees or their team members' mm -hmm. personal goals and that team member's belief that they will get closer to achieving their personal goals by reaching team goals. Wow. Isn't that good? That is really, but really good. See, that, because, because people always talk about, oh, they're disengaged. or they're, It's because they're not connected to the why. Yeah. They don't understand that, you know, if I had a, you know, if I had a sales team and, and they're on commission and my sales rep wanted to buy a boat, I'd be bringing in magazines on boats. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Tell us why. Is this the boat you want? After work, let's go look at boats. <laughs> right? If in Mary Kay, if you get to a certain level within Mary Kay that it looks like a pink Cadillac is on the horizon, mm -hmm. they will mail you a poster of a pink Cadillac. That is so smart. Isn't that smart? Yep. And so what we, 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 what we don't have, and by the way, Big Fat Goals is not a goal setting book. Of course, yes, there is stuff in there mm -hmm. about goal setting. I call it goal crafting. Okay. And, but the real, the real nugget in the book is that it's a book on conviction. It's a, it's a, it's a goal commitment book. It's, a, it's not necessarily about setting goals. It's easy to set a goal. The challenge mm -hmm. is staying committed. And the way you stay committed is not reminding yourself about the goal, but reminding yourself why the goal. Because if uh, Shakespeare says, strong reasons make strong actions. So Big Fat Goals is a, is a book about strong, about, about, about internalizing strong reasons to continually take strong actions. And any organization that says, ooh, what if my, my, you know, my, my team members' personal goals don't line up? I'm like, well, you shouldn't have hired them in the first place. Exactly. You should have had them. Y'all need to talk a little bit more. You know, the individual needs to have established what they're trying to get out of life. And the team should have figured out that they should have a compensation plan and a work thing that helps people connect that they're going to get closer to those personal goals by reaching team goals. Have you ever heard, Casey, that that the words we put for team, the T, the E, and the A, and the M, together, everyone achieves more? Have you ever heard that? I, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I don't think I have. That is a classic. That is that is old school right there. <laughs> but the but we used to say that like together everybody achieves more. Like that's the end of it. But really the challenge is understanding that everybody's more is different. Mm. We're not all trying to achieve the same thing, but we all do need to believe that by reaching this team goal, I can get more of what more of what I want. So anyway. The question was big fat goals, and <laughs> I was told you what team now fat P H A T. That's not F A T. That's P H A T. Okay, what does that stand for? That didn't make it up. That's a slang term for pretty hot and tempting, and that's exactly what you have to make your goal. Your goal has to be the prettiest, hottest, and the most tempting of all the things you could choose to do with your time, because if it's not, then something else can sneak in and. And it's going to bring you some benefits too. Nothing we're doing is just brings us nothing, or we wouldn't do it. Have you ever seen somebody do something and they and you, and they did it, and you're like, man, that was stupid. That person had no reason to do that. There was no reason to do that. That's crazy. That person had no reason. Well, they had reasons. You know how I know they had reasons? Because they did it. Because they did it. <laughs> now they might not do it again, but when they did it, they had reasons. That's so interesting. Isn't I see it, people it do that 
all day long, every day, yep, yep, right? Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, you know, that's what the Big Fat Goals, the book tries to do is help people, help people um, have a fighting chance because we are, we are bombarded all the time about goals to establish, you know? Absolutely. And sometimes we don't think about some of this stuff. Anything you, like, anything you buy, you know, or like a house or a car, those are all goals, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't back up and realize that, you know, having, having heat is a goal. Because we expect it. What, it's because, yes, it's, that's why we don't think about it. Because right. we expect it. But it's still part of our daily, you know, things of the daily goals, the hour goals. So that's what Big Fat Goals is about. I love that. Thank you. So you have another book coming out on optimism. I do. You, and you have a program that focuses on optimism too, right? Right. Optimism is an asset, is a, a blossoming program that we've been putting out together for two or three years. And um, optimism is tricky because... Um, but in my you know studies on this subject and research and stuff, it's really a choice, mm -hmm. and it's a choice to understand that optimism, it doesn't just happen and not happen. It needs to be just like any other asset needs to be you know cultivated and nurtured, and so what optimism is an asset tries to do uh, in the program and then eventually in the book is uh, help people give themselves the room for optimism. Because it's all, it, there's so many choices that we make that um, make optimism not possible. If you don't get enough sleep, it's going to be a lot less likely you're going to be optimistic. If you eat the wrong stuff, you're not going to. Your brain doesn't have even the 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 bandwidth to even do it. So there's a lot of stuff in the book that seems like it's all about self care, mm. but really it's self optimization. Okay. See, I'm turning that on its head there. Casey. Yeah, I like you know that. When you, well, here's the thing. Whenever you look at self-care, that seems like something I'm doing for me, right? Something I'm doing that's very selfish. But really, it's self-optimization. It's something that I'm, if, the more I'm optimized, the more I have to give. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't pitch self-care. Self I pitch self-optimization. You know what? I think I'm going to have to do another revision on my journal. Because I have a self-care section in there. Are you going to put now me on there? I want self-optimization. Oh, 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 well, you should. Well, that it took me a while to think of that because see that, the, and again, I'm pack. I'm trying to position it so that it's empowering. Yes, but it makes so much sense the way you explained it, and that it does. People get a lot of. There seems to be negative connotation when you say self-care. Exactly. And when you say self-optimization, that seems powerful. That means seems forward-thinking and outward thinking, not inward thinking. But who benefits from your self-care? But the inward benefits. Both, both benefit, right? Yeah. If you're, I mean, I'm a parent, you know, if I'm self-optimized, if I'm self-care, I have a lot more to, to give, right? So it's, it's all that stuff. Um, I did come to share one big nugget from the book. What? Um, I believe in um, affirmations. Me too. Okay, I think I've got a really powerful one. Okay. I'm calling it the optimist's mantra. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Things work out for me because I work to work things out. Now, you have heard it said, things work out for me, or, you know, things work out for me. Yep. Or things work out for me because I work things out. But really, we don't know how long it's going to take to work things out. So things work out to, for me because I work to work things out. It's a process. 
And you can then go back that if you truly believe in that mantra, by the way, mantra is not necessarily something that's true, but something you are working to continually exactly. make true. Uh, things work out for me because I work to work things out. Then if you truly are trying to live that mantra, aren't you going to take better care of yourself? Absolutely. Aren't you going to get a little bit more sleep? Aren't you going to, you know, pass up the Danish and get the, you know, get the egg white omelet or something? Probably not. Uh, egg white. <laughs> I've been doing so many eggs. I'm so many. I mean, I'm, I'm going crazy on the eggs. I, you know, I'm just going to fess up just real quick because I, I'm real big into self-optimization. Okay. See, I changed my language already. Yes. And I um, I track every day how much how, what my sleep quality was, how much sleep I got, how much water I had, how many steps I took. I'm a nerd. Okay. And usually I'm really, really good because I know I'm going to write this stuff down. And I even track my calories every day. Yeah. But today. You did not? No, I, I, I don't want to because I caved and I had nachos for lunch. Um, and it's nothing. But I get, but here's what would be interesting is if later today you notice maybe that you're not as much, you know, on top of it or something. I'm not against nachos. I love nachos. I love nachos. But we're making choices. All these exactly. Everything's in play. Yep. Everything's in play. So that's that's what the optimism, and that's the reason I even position it as optimism is an asset, is because once you once you put the value of being optimistic, mm -hmm. and then you realize it's it's about a bunch of choices you make to even have that optimism available, so that you can live that mantra of that I work to work things out. So, how are optimism and um, and just your goal setting, how are those two related? How do, how do they help one another? It's tricky. Mm -hmm. All this stuff is tricky, but it's all in our heads. You know, um, things we, the, the, what we're saying to ourselves throughout the day. So um, big fat goals, it's interesting you asked about how optimism plays into it. Because optimism is what's going to keep you trying to get closer, mm -hmm. right? To not get discouraged by trying something and it not working, right? Okay. If you're going to have a, if you're going to achieve a goal, I'll give you a two-step plan. Um, uh, decide what the next right thing to do is, and do the next right thing, right? And then the next thing you do is. Decide what the next right thing to do is and do the next right thing. And that's it. That's all there really is to it. So the optimism is what's going to keep you traveling down that process. Keep continuing to try and learn and grow and make something happen. But um, Larry North, you ever had Larry North on this show? I have not. Should have had Larry North on the show. Okay, I Larry uh, North calling you out. Larry North, uh, had, uh, he and I had lunch, and he was, you know, he's a great mentor and wisdom and stuff. And he said, man, anytime I've ever you know, being in a challenging position where I really didn't know, you know, didn't know what I needed to do next in my life or my career is, you know, he said, I went to the gym. I got into the gym and, and you know, pulled myself even closer, to, tighter together and, and just, uh, you know, got a little more healthy. And it clears your mind and makes mm -hmm. more things, more, more things pop. So that's how they kind of go together. I love that. So tell us about your new book that's coming out, Optimism is an Asset. Right. So... That, that's going to dig a lot more into the actual steps, all the different things that you'd want to do, you know, getting enough sleep, um, eating lean protein, um, drinking enough water, and also go into, you know, the power of optimism. Okay. And you'd mentioned that that was possibly coming out next year. Yep. That Okay. And where would people find that when it comes out? 
in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be on Amazon and all that stuff, you know. So, uh, and my apologies. It's, I'm sitting over here wanting my fan right now. Gotta get that fan. Um, yeah, you know what? It used to be that you had to have your book on, you know, you know Barnes & Noble. Mm -hmm. Remember Barnes & Noble and Borders and I all that? I go to Barnes & Noble every week Do you still? still? That's I awesome. Do. I love well, the Well, then I'll books. make sure that it's there. It'll be on Amazon and on my website and stuff like that. Yeah. Have you put a book on Amazon before? Oh, yeah. Big Fat Goals? And... Uh, the very first one. Oh, man. You know, back back when Amazon first started, that's all they were doing. So I know. 2005, my first book went on Amazon. And which was your first book? Cracking the Networking Code. <gasps> I think I have that one. That was a that was a nice book um, for me and kind of you know launched um, my speaking career. Well, and we have another one of your books That's here, right, right there. Progress leadership. Progress leadership. Say no to change management. That's what right. does that mean? Say no to change management because th that's kind of a buzzword. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a really detrimental buzzword. How it's, so? Well, nobody wants to change, mm -hmm. and they certainly don't want their change managed. Oh. So, I mean, we're starting off with, and it's not true, it's not a true representation of what's happening in the organization. If the organization, no matter what the realities of the world is, right, the, mm -hmm. the world does what the world's going to do. Whatever, right? We Remember COVID? What, what did it do again? This is the world. Go, this is the world. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, we just did that. What the, the organization, the next move the organization does is going to try to make things better, right? Mm -hmm. So they're not trying to change, they're trying to progress. Oh. It's not change management, it's progress leadership. Gotcha. And see, that's not just semantics. It's very natural to resist what we internally view as change, but we embrace what we view as progress. All progress is change, but not all change is progress. Do you want to change? Do I want to change? Yes. For? The better. Exactly, which is? Progress. progress. <laughs> so that's why they say they say positive change because there's also negative change there is but nobody see and and so the real challenge for organizations is not explain to people the next thing the company wants to do the real challenge is helping people internalize how those new initiatives in the end are good for the person implementing them and that's where I get deep into the six P's of progress, which I mentioned in, you know, big fat goals is one of the big, bigger parts about how we internalize a goal. Because really what you're doing in change management is trying to help the team establish a new goal. Yes. Isn't that true? Yeah. Right. So they really go together, you know, the whole, the, the, the concepts of, of, of goal commitment cause, and, and what I view as change and progress leadership. Gotcha. So, you know, and I loved, I, you know, I love seeing you on stage anytime I get a chance to, you know, Thank whether you. it's the comedy bit that you do with uh, Melanie or, you know, being able to see you as the keynote speaker at the event that we were at together a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago. I think it was a couple weeks ago, yep. maybe three weeks. Uh, yes. Something like that. Anyway, um, <laughs> but you're so confident when you, I mean, you own that stage when you walk up there. And so for people that maybe have that fear of public speaking that don't know how to take that step to get where you are today, what kind of advice would you give them? Hey, you really got to get out of your head. Mm. You know, you really got to, um, it's, there's a lot to it. You know, I've, I've been pursuing some form of stage for my entire life, you know, whether that was, uh, 
in plays or music or TV shows. I've been some TV shows. No. Yeah, I was. I was in Walker. <laughs> I had a guest star in Raw Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, really? I'm one of the bad guys in Twister. These are true statements. And uh, but what I would say to somebody now is, if you're wanting to get into into um, professional speaking or just you know speak better, is really just you know honestly self-optimize you know there's a lot of stay loose you know and mm -hmm. um you know speak you know in, in the end you've got to just start and and yep. and go through it and and kind of analyze um uh, what i try to do now is really make sure that the people who've hired me um are aware of what i'm doing so that they know, because I'm, I'm, I don't say I'm not, I'm, I'm not that different, but at the same time, I am, I'm willing to be that loose, mm -hmm. you know, and it's a choice. Um, I don't have to be that loose, but I think they've seen it every other way. I'm, I'm able to do it this way. So how about this, you know? So, um, but then I just, I, I've sucked no. many, many, many times, and it almost kills me to where I can't. I mean, it's just so, um, so soulfully crushing when I don't bring it that to a large degree, I'm up there giving it in such a way that I know when I leave, I did it my way and I don't hurt. Mm. That I, if you didn't like it, it's okay, but I did what I wanted like, to do. Sometimes you get up there and you do, you get in your head. You get in your head and you're, and you're just you're self-analyzing or you, you didn't go up there with the right type of looseness or whatever, and it can. So I, I honor anybody who tries. And the reason I say now about, you know, um, but it's not an automatic. These are choices. I stretch, you know. I, I take big walks before any talk I give. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm stretching. I rarely, I, I never, if, if I can help it, sit before I speak you know they want sometimes they want you to sit at the front table mm -hmm. in fact I'm doing a talk in Miami in a couple of weeks and they have it scheduled where I'm sitting with the CEO before the talk and I'm I'm gonna try my best I'll come sit with you after but don't just let me have let me kind of get in my head space before, before I don't want to go from zero to a hundred to you know sitting at the chair yeah. the table to going up I'm in the back stretching and staying loose and but I'm not goofy I mean it's, it, you know, it's hard to I'm not there are I'm, I'm sometimes silly but silly is not the how you define it I get silly or I say something maybe I have a couple of jokes that would be just uh, get groaners you know uh -huh. but I'm not a groaner you know, speaker. I'm, those are those are jokes that once we both understand that we everybody knows that I'm purposely telling you a silly groaner, you know, an aside. Yeah. So, and then I have so many people that I admire, uh, mainly comedians um, or you know the big ones, the Zigglers and people of that nature. That that I'm you know that I'm I know that everybody else has seen as well, and so I'm trying to um, you know honor all the other performers that have, you know, come before me. Um, so I, I think of it a little bit as like business vaudeville. That's a good way. To, you know, and I think one thing that interested me so much at, at the event that we were at, because we talked a little bit before you went on stage, was that you did not want to be there to hear what all the other speakers had to say. 
if it was internal from that company, I mean, mm-hmm. this was a this was an event where everybody was talking about the same topic. I was yes. going to be talking about. Yeah, if I did, if I had, if I had sat there, um, I, I would, I wouldn't have. I, I, it wasn't something I needed to hear because I would have probably said it the way they said it. Um, if I was part of a, uh, a company function, I love to sit there and listen to them because I want to play off of what you know their gotcha. vice president said or something like that. But I wouldn't have been sitting down. I would have been in the pacing back. Pacing in the pacing back. Pacing in the back, yeah. What's, so one of the most interesting uh, pre-speech things that somebody does as they do push-ups before they go on stage. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I don't do push-ups, but I mean, I'm, I mean I'll definitely find a place to hike up my leg and stretch. That is, maybe I need to try that. It doesn't hurt. You know, those, you sh- when I, back when I was acting, mm-hmm. I would go to auditions down in Austin uh, for this one uh, casting director, and she'd always rent um, a, a suite in a hotel. And I could always tell when I got off the elevator which hallway to that the suite was because all the actors would be out in the, out in the hallway stretching. Now, when they went in, they weren't going to be Barishnikov. They weren't going to go in and do right. dance moves. They were going to hit their mark. and do it. But it's a way to stay loose. It's a way to keep, yeah. I think we should do like a pre-podcast where we're stretching and showing what the speakers are doing ahead of time. That could be fun. It'd be different. I, I mean, it's there's a whole, you know, system of things that, that, you know, go in place to be in that moment that as loose as I, as I want to be. Yeah. And I think I take that for granted sometimes, and sometimes I think that would benefit me as a host yep. to maybe have some kind of routine like that yep. that I do. Um, it definitely would. I'm going to think about that. Well, yeah. Um, so, okay. What is the favorite, your most favorite speech that you've ever given? Place or, or what do you Let's mean? do place and topic. And they don't have to be the same. During the pandemic, I got a call from uh, an organization in Tulsa, and they were coming down to Dallas, and their uh, membership was having a meeting, and they were going to do it at the Globe Life Theater, Globe Life Field, okay. the new uh, Rangers ballpark. And they said, Dean, we want you to come and speak uh, at our event. I said, okay. She said, well, we're doing it at, at Globe Life uh, Field. I said, okay. Uh, let me know, you know, where we're going to be. And I had taken a tour of Globe Life Field, so I knew they had conference rooms, and mm-hmm. I assumed we were going to be in a conference room. So then they called me up, and they said, okay, we made the decision. Um, we're going to have dinner on the field, and we want you to speak after dinner. I said, what? They said, we want you, we're going to have dinner on the field, and we want you to speak after dinner. I said, are you saying I am speaking on the field? They said, yes, right at second base. Was that crazy? That is awesome. It is crazy. And so what happened was one of the members was on the was a part of the architect company that mm-hmm. built it. And so they actually during the pandemic got to put tables, uh, you know, down the infield. And uh, we actually brought a, a, a Trey Hernandez, uh, the videographer, uh, came with me, and I was right by you know second base. And they had two big uh, speakers on either side, and then yeah. two two um, uh, monitors. But nothing else was happening in that whole space. And so whenever I spoke, it resonated through the whole um, uh, you know, arena or whatever you call that big place, ballpark. And um, to the degree that when I was leaving, went up you know, four flights of stairs and, and was walking out one of the you know, regular exits, um, you know, one of the 
people that you know greet you and things of this. Uh-huh. Hey, good speech. He was able to hear me. Wow. From, from way up there. <laughs> so that was a neat. That was a really neat one. Um, yeah, that's a pretty cool location. That was, that was pretty cool, right? Yeah. yeah. I've spoken on catamaran. I've spoken on, you know, I've spoken in places. Um, we actually pulled our children out of school when I got a gig where I was speaking in Barcelona one Saturday and then Madrid the next Saturday. Oh, wow. And when the client found out that I was uh, bringing my family, they got us, you know, sweet and things of that nature. It doesn't happen always like that, but those were some neat ones. That is so very cool. Pretty so very cool. Okay, so I am very curious yes. to hear how you're going to answer our VIP questions. Yes. So are you ready? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just know this is going to crack me up. So if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? I thought about this question, and I uh, first I really don't know the the parameters of how I was chosen, you know, to go colonize. Mars, but I I would say I would take my wife, but I'm not I'm not sure she'd want to go. <laughs> you know, I mean I'm nothing against me, but I mean that's a big deal. That's you know? a big deal. That's a big deal. So I think I'm probably gonna she probably I'll probably leave her just to take you know be with the girls because I don't think everybody wants to. Hey, we're all going to Mars. Um, it have to be music. I'd have to have a large a large catalog of of you know music. I don't know if Spotify is available up there. And then some really good, um, I'm hoping that they've got it worked out where I can go for walks. I'm big into big into walking, so uh, those would be two things. And then uh, I'm going to say an air fryer. I'm really addicted to my air fryer. Okay. Do you have an air fryer? <laughs> I do. I love it. I know. Do you have the Instant Pot one, or what kind do you have? No, I've got a seven-quart. Um, man, we... Uh, during the pandemic, we bought an uh, air fryer and a 75-inch TV, and that's what we that's how we survived the pandemic. <laughs> I think we bought ours during the pandemic, too. But I bought one of those Instant Pots with the dual lids, I'm so you could ready. do, like, the pressure cooker or the uh, crisper. With mm-hmm. the, it was, it's amazing. Or you can use it as a slow cooker. I'll check it out. That's you a, have to I'll check it, it out. I'll take it to Mars. I love it. Okay. What is one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? Walk, walk, long walks. Um, you do love to walk. Hour, hour, hour and a half every morning. Wow. Sometimes longer than that. Yep. Do you listen to something when nope. you walk? Nope. I don't even have headphones. I, re- I don't even take my phone. Wow. No, there's no um, interaction with the with the world. And um, we live right next to a real cool nature preserve, mm-hmm. oddly enough, right up, you know, up in Plano and Allen and... Um, but walking is a major, major thing for me. Just walking. Put on the shoes and start walking. I do stop twice and do big stretching, mm-hmm. but mainly it's just walking. It's kind of your quiet time. It's quiet time, and I do I do I hunt hills so I can walk up and down hills. So it's it does turn into quite a workout. I mean, I'm I'm not. It's not just you know, it's hilly terrain and all. But I think that's one of the one of the things. I'm not sure about differentiating me from other people, but it definitely helps me. You know, it's be, what works for you. Be centered and all that. That is awesome. Okay, final question for you. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Man succeeds at being creatively helpful, maybe. Mm. I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to be helpful. I really am. Whether they I mean I'm um you know, I do want to be funny, but in the end, I'm not trying to be funny for, for I'm trying to be funny to be helpful. Right. Right. Um, and I can, I, 
humor, you know, comes naturally, but I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be helpful. So I'd say creatively trying to be, you know, and I do feel like I've succeeded in that. I'm not saying even the world knows about it, but I think the people who've interacted with me and my, my books or my uh, writings or even, you know, the, mm -hmm. there's some music out there that I've created would say that it's, um, you know, that I'm not phoning it in, that I have respect for my audience because I also have respect for, I'm a huge um, fan of quality entertainment. And so I'm not gonna bring forth anything that's not to the level that I'd wanna see it. You know what I mean by yeah, that? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, and I'm, when I saw that, I mean, I, I mean I'm big into to old, you know, big classical movies and, um, you know, big into, you know, studying comedians and comedians' careers and, uh, the, you know, Laurel and Hardy and, you know, Evan Costello and, you know, uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm you know, chewing that stuff up. So, um, creatively helpful. I think that sums you up perfectly. Thank you. I think that was a great headline. Thank you. So how do people get in touch with you if they need to engage with you as a keynote speaker or maybe they want to get your books? Uh, DeanLindsay.com. D-E-A-N-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. A-Y. Sometimes we want to go E-Y. Yes. Um, uh, dot com. I am also coaching again. I'm, I just got a new um, professional coaching client. Um, you know, they, I, don't, I don't go hunting that stuff, but um, I get probably three or four you know, people that are serious enough to yeah. actually want to start uh, some coaching as well. That is so good. What are you coaching on? It's the whole package. You okay. know, there is most definitely because I come from a uh, acting and performance background. It's kind of the way that I ended up as a professional speaker was um, coaching people on performance. Mm -hmm. um, so there is most definitely the, you know, get up and do your do your your bit you know do what you got and let's see if we can't you know make it better and uh, write a little bit more here and flesh it out a little bit more there but then there's also just the whole behind the scenes of how you become a professional speaker and the the marketing things and getting your demo together and all those things so really just kind of the business of um how do you position yourself to even get a shot i love it so if you're looking to be a professional speaker or if you just want some coaching on public speaking, yeah. reach out to Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Dean, this has been absolutely amazing. And I just have one last thing to say to you. Yes. You are a VIP. Thank you. <laughs> and that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.